In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. folks and welcome to good news for the city the radio broadcast ministry partnership between wava radio and one heart dc right here on life-changing talk radio 105.1 fm wava my name is dennis williams i'm director of ministry relations for wava radio as well as sirius xm radio and i want to welcome you to today's broadcast folks you know if you've been listening to Good news for the city over the past couple of years. You know very well that one of our foundational pillars on WAVA Radio and One Heart DC is unity. Indeed, WAVA and One Heart DC came together in unity to make this program happen and to let you know what's going on in the local church and how God is moving in the DMV to promote unity in the local church and beyond. And first and foremost, we in our 700-plus partners are united in our belief that the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ changes lives. This movement of churches and Christian leaders and Christ-centered organizations are working together to help fulfill that high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17 that they may all, we may all be one, but also so that our collective impact for the gospel may be magnified and God more glorified through our unity, through spirit-directed unity, expressions of the church that are achieving so much more together than we could separately. So we're going to talk to a couple of folks who, through unity across denominations and generations and racial and ethnic diversity, the community, we're going to talk to these folks, these good, godly men of God, about this very issue of unity and joining together. Joining us today are two men who are working hard on these very issues. So let's talk about it. And here to get us going, to get us started, you know the drill, is our good friend, my good friend, my buddy, what was your name, man? Brian Bales. Last time pastor I checked. Brian yeah. Bales, yeah. senior pastor at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Buddy, it's good to see you, man. You know, thanks. It's always good to see you. Today's a great day. I'm a little, I don't normally do a personal plug, but today is my daughter's 13th birthday. Amen. So, Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. So That's very cool. That means that I'm going to be aging at a very rapid pace over the next couple of weeks, but love you, babe. Happy Another birthday. Another teenager, Yeah. Man. <laughs> I, I'm excited, though, today for that, but I'm also excited for my friends oh, uh, who we're sitting in studio with indeed. today talking about this really important thing this this pillar especially of one heart dc we talking about this idea of unity we talk about prayer yes. we talk about unity yes. and we talk yes. about hope yes in this way and uh, the bible talks a lot about this issue of unity uh, and so do the two pastors that are joining us here today we have pastor steve king and pastor mike mentor many of you know pastor steve king for listening here many years here on wava uh, he served as a senior pastor of Cherrydale Baptist Church from the 2nd of October 1983 until just recently he retired at the end of August of this year. Steve uh, is retired? He, he's not tan. Redirected. Yet, he looks rested. He looks rested. <laughs> yes, he is redirected on a, on a different mission uh, in that way. Same mission, different, different, uh, different job in that well, way. Well, we know that. Man. Yeah, he has yeah. a passion, though, uh, for making disciples who love God and people. He leads a group called the Band of Brothers Pastors Fellowship in Arlington. Uh, he served on the board of Pioneers International for 26 years, and he is part of the leadership of One Heart D.C., Amen. Uh, the co-sponsor of this Amen. show, Good News for the City. 
Gill's degrees from the University of Georgia and Western Seminary. He's been married to uh, sweetheart Maybell for 44 years. 46. 46. So clearly we need to update that bio where we stole this from. 46 years. Uh, Caleb and Joshua um, are sons, and he has a granddaughter, Elise. Uh, any more granddaughters? Did we miss that? One granddaughter. Just one Can granddaughter. Can I just say something real quick, Brian? I, I, I saw Pastor Steve recently. Yes. And I'm always inspired. Um, and you have inspired me, Steve. Um, the way he talks about his lovely bride, man. And that just inspires me to do the same mm-hmm. for my beautiful bride. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are role models, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good word. Well, you just kind of caught me off guard there. I want to say other <laughs> I'm stuff. Sorry, but man. No, it's good. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's a good thing. We also have uh, Pastor Mike Mentor. Uh, it's great to see Mike here in the studio. Oh, it's Mike great. and I rarely meet in the studio. Yeah. We usually meet at a Wegmans somewhere out in Loudoun <laughs> County. Uh, but Mike uh, was born in a Navy family. Uh, in 1944, his father was an admiral. Uh, he lived in Hawaii. His family had three different tours of duty at the Naval That's Academy in Annapolis cool. as well. Uh, he attended the Naval Academy, has a degree from Old Dominion. Uh, he's traveled uh, with friends throughout Europe in the 1970s. But most importantly, he trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior Amen. through a friend's consistent witness, and that changed everything. Amen. Uh, he has Amen. this growing desire, and I know this personally and firsthand, to study and teach scriptures. Uh, he entered Florida Bible College in 1972, graduated in 74 with a degree. Uh, it was at the Bible College that he met and married his wife, Kate, also very wonderful in that way. Amen. Uh, Amen. She was... Um, called to be in ministry with him, and they started an evangelical work in Reston. And many of you know the church called Reston Bible Church. Amen. I do know uh, that. First, a, a, a Bible study that was held in the home in June of 1974. Mm-hmm. Their first actual service was in the Sheraton in March of 1975 in Reston. Uh, currently, though, uh, Mike and his lovely bride, Kay, they live in Loudoun County. They have four adult children, Kelly, Megan, Katie, and David, and a growing Brood of grandchildren. Uh, I don't know. If brood's the right way to say it. That made it sound like it was a bad thing, uh, but it, no, that's it, a good, it's a good, a good thing. One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, yeah. I'm excited because we're actually going to talk on radio about something that is we get together from time to time. That this subject comes up no matter what, and it's this idea of what it looks like for the body of Christ, specifically churches, to live in unity. You know, I pastor, I'm the lead pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Mike, uh, we just pastor probably five miles from each other. You pastor Western Bible Church. Uh, You're still, you're redirected, uh, you know, and that way, Pastor King. Uh, Cherrydale, it's so funny. I just met someone who just moved to Loudoun County the other day and checked out our church and said, oh, where'd you move from? And they said, where? I said, where'd you go to church? He said, Cherrydale. I said, I love Steve King. Uh, and so we have a lot of common friends as well as we're friends as well. But the common passion is what we're talking about today around unity. Steve, can you describe your journey and, and why unity is such a high priority, especially if we're just going to be honest, in churches, we often can talk about the idea of unity, but we're much more competitive than God ever designed it to be. What's at the core of that idea of unity? Uh, unity in the body of Christ was implanted in me in college yeah. through Campus Crusade, yeah. where we focused on Christ and making disciples, not your label. When I went to seminary, it was ingrained in me again, mm-hmm. and several mentors who were passionate about planting churches implanted that in me. And over the years, it's become a conviction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I love about this conversation is that over the years, sometimes things that are implanted us early, life, the sin broken world that we're in, or a whole bunch of things can can try to remove those at the root and say, hey, it's about something else. 
And so one of the things I love both about you, Steve, and Mike as well, and this is not in any way, shape, or form talking about your age, but it is the reality of talking about I love your consistent faithfulness, both of you, over 40 yes, years yes. in talking about Amen. this and not allowing it to be uprooted, uh, this idea of unity. Mike, uh, you lead a pastoral leadership cluster uh, out on western Fairfax County, eastern Loudoun County. They get together on a consistent basis. I've been to that. I enjoy it. Um, you you started that cluster for a lot of reasons, but recently you even opened it in a discussion with an impassioned plea about unity. Um, I wasn't there. The people who are listening today, either on podcast or on the radio, weren't there. Can you kind of hit replay button a little bit for us and share some of the highlights of what you said to those people gathered in that place? Yeah, uh, it's it's been troubling me for a long, long time that the church is more divided, I think, than it's been in, in a long time. And yes. I, I look at the yeah. Democrats and Republicans arguing back and forth, and when I see some of these debates on TV, I say to myself, do these people really think they're going to usher in the kingdom of God without the king? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're constantly up telling you that w- yeah. when I get in office, yeah. utopia is going to enter. Mm. The truth of the matter is the yeah. government's not going to solve the problem, nor will the military or education yes. or more yes. money. Yes. It has to be the church. Yes. And if the church is divided, we're not going to do it. But if we can get the church united, we'll be a mighty force that this world has never seen before. So mm. this is what Amen. Steve and I are impassioned about. Yeah. yeah, and so let's talk about that, getting the church united. If we're just honest, and Dennis, we've talked about this before through this show. In many ways, we have, and especially you and what you do here at WAVA, we have the opportunity to meet all kinds of people who are in ministry, a lot of pastors, uh, some people who run parachurch ministries. And I, I've never once met a person, Dennis, I don't know if you have, who said, to the, who said out loud, you know what, I'm not interested in this idea of unity. <laughs> not once. Uh, I'm not, not <laughs> I agree once. with you. <laughs> now, just because they don't say they're not interested in the idea of unity doesn't mean it's not a struggle. Yes. And we can yeah. all just admit in here that sometimes what we say we believe in our hearts, what mm-hmm. we say we believe in our heads, it doesn't make it all the way down to the action of our feet. And so, Mike, you have said this, and I want you to kind of expand and unpack a little bit, that unity is the fruit of corporate humility. What do you mean by that? Well, when I think of, you know, Jesus was the most humble person that ever lived. Yes. And in his humanity, he listened to the Father through mm-hmm. his humility. Uh, and not only did he listen to his Father, he obeyed everything his Father said. Yes. I, yes. None of us are going to be perfectly humble. That's never going to happen. But I think if we can all recognize the fact that we need that humility as we come together in humility, we'll start knocking off the rough edges of our differences. Sure. And when people see sure. that, that again will become an incredibly united power. God's grace flows through humility. It just does. Yeah. He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So if we've, if we're, I have a statement. I think we're today we're we're dogmatic where there is no dog. There are just, <laughs> there are just way too many things we're dogmatic about yeah. that we yes. don't need to be. Yes. And allow Indeed. each local church to decide some of those things. But together, you know, the three of us have all worked together. I've been to Steve's church. I've been mm-hmm. to your church. You've been to mine. You. So this alone is is just an exciting thing for me, just to yeah. even see this right here. Amen. And, and I love Amen. that reminder, Dennis, that the the one person who's ever walked this earth who had the actual right mm. to not be humble mm. was the one that Philippians chapter 2 tells us, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. He humbled himself mm. and took upon uh, the form of a man in that way. And so that that's, that's always a little, a, a, a little rubbing against our 
our difficulty mm-hmm. sometimes when this idea when we don't want to be humble and not walk in unity. Now, Steve, <clears throat> I, I kind of gave it away a little bit, so I apologize about that. But you know, this is what we do as pastors. We jump on other people's scriptures, right? So yeah. what does the Bible say when we think about unity and humility and, and those types of things? This is where conviction comes in if we really do believe the scripture. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen says, if you're a believer in Christ, you've all been baptized with the Spirit and you are one. You'll see it in John 17. You'll see it in the book of Ephesians I read this morning. Mm-hmm. If I meet another follower, believer in Christ, I am one with them. Mm. And if I believe that, 1 Corinthians 12 says I'm a part of a fast global body. Therefore, I need you and you need me. Yeah. I love that. What what puts us together in unity, what bonds us together, it, it's it's not our DNA, it's not our socioeconomic status, it's not what political regime we happen to support or not support. It's actually our position in Christ yes. as brothers and sisters that that changes that. And so for uh, Steve, Mike, you know, we, we talk about this idea, we have it up in our heads, but sometimes it doesn't make it down into our feet. Yeah. Let's get real practical for a moment, yeah. uh, maybe even confessional, if that's the appropriate term. What are some of the, the real practical things uh, that, uh, as uh, believers, we allow to come in and to create barriers uh, that should not be barriers or create dogs in a dogfight that should not exist, as you said, Mike, around this idea of unity? And then what are the consequences of not having that unity? Uh, was it Augustine, I can't remember who it was, that said in major things, you know, unity yes. and minor yeah. things? Mm-hmm. The yeah. problem is we, we can't agree on what's major and what's minor. Yeah. So that sort of blocks it. I was just talking just in the conference room with uh, Jake mm-hmm. and Abraham and don't know him well, but he just started opening up a world uh, that I'm also investigating right now, too, this whole idea of coming together and really discussing even some of our differences, yes. uh, really talking through the scriptures. We're so, so divided today, and there are so many powerful names that, that get the, the voice, and there are too many people that are being left out that have a yeah. great voice that are yeah. pastors of small churches that are out yes. doing yes. funerals and mm-hmm. weddings and hospital visitations, and we need to hear we need to hear from them as well, mm-hmm. and I think that's just a huge part of this unity issue. Brian, can I tell you, just let me jump in just a second because what Mike said reminded me of something I heard. Um, pastor Steve was there a couple of days ago. We were at this meeting with a group of pastors, and Mark Batterson got up and said, 2,000 years ago, Jesus didn't say, I will build your church yeah. or you will build my church, but I will build my church. That's very good. And there are too many of us trying to build our own kingdoms, and yes. that's kind of – you just reminded me of that, Mike, so thank you. God yeah. bless you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think let's, let's expand on that a little bit if we can. Um, when it says Jesus will build the church, that means that Jesus is the one of Elam who built it, and Jesus is the one that knows how big it should be and how small it Amen. should be. Amen. Right? And so yeah. let's talk about that, Steve. We talk about one of the barriers. If we're just being really honest and open, there are a lot of churches, a lot of places <laughs> – uh, that exists with stressors. Sometimes mm-hmm. the stressors comes with paying bills. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just, hey, I, I know so-and-so. They used to come to our worship yes. gathering on Sunday, and now I notice they don't. And now they happen to go to someone else's yeah. worship yes. gathering. That you know, And it, yeah. it creates some tension. That's one of the barriers, I think, mm-hmm. that often happens. I've heard people say, hey, I don't want to partner together because mm-hmm. what would happen if someone from your church or my church happens to like the other church better. And the first thing I have to remind myself as well, it's not really my church in the first place, right? It's Jesus' church. I I just get a chance to under-shepherd it. Uh, Talk about that as as one of the barriers and and maybe some other things you see. 
all of our behaviors come out of our mental grid and our belief system, and what we really believe shows up in our behavior. Mm-hmm. So what helps me the most stay on track with unity is what I believe. So when another pastor comes to my mind, is my first thing to intercede for him or accuse him. Mm. Is he my competition or my co-laborer? Yes. Is it about my little kingdom and my ego or about the kingdom of God and his glory? And making myself think that way spills over into my behavior. Yes. And I have yes. to feed it constantly. Yeah. You know, um, unfortunately, I think all of us uh, either firsthand or, or we know of a story where the fractures in the church or a breakdown in a local body uh, has occurred. Or we know of a story, of been in the experience of stories where we know leaders of churches in, in very close vicinity to each other geographically or in the same denomination. They won't even talk to each other mm-hmm. you know, because of hurts or difficulties or those sort of things. When fractures and breakdowns uh, in the body manifest itself, uh, for example, um, as you mentioned, Mike, Theological lines that some people put in the major category and other people say this shouldn't be the major category. Or we see it happen along cultural lines. Cultural can be um, the type of people that come into your gathering, whether it's on socioeconomic or racial lines or other sort of lines. Or, hey, these people just like this version of worship music and these people like other versions of worship music and things like that. One area that's particularly troublesome, though, I think, of all those options are this idea of – of the racial tension that here in the Washington metro area and in many other places we're seeing. Where are we, you feel like, as a church in that? What what needs to be addressed to happen to make that heal? I, I want to be very careful because uh, if, you, if you don't know who we all are from picture, we're four white guys sitting around talking about mm-hmm. racial division. And anytime four people of all the same race sit around and talk about it, we know there's a good chance for very big blind spots. So we should say this. We should start with humility in this part of the conversation. Yes. But nonetheless, yes. what are some of those areas? I started uh, a number of years ago meeting with um, some black pastors in the area. I really wanted to know what they were personally experiencing. Then I started meeting with uh, African-American black people in our church, asking them, what's it like living here in America that's different than me with a white face? They opened up a world I didn't even know existed in the, in the sense of feeling the prejudice. And so I didn't know it was even there. I mean, I a little bit. And so I had Brett Fuller come and speak, Chaplain of the Redskins, uh, Grace Covenant, and I had him come and speak at our church on that very issue. Uh, and by the way, he said, he said to our people, he said, I might be really good today. My church is only nine miles down the road. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I've heard Brett speak. He probably was really good. Yeah, yeah. He was more than really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so, exactly. But he and I have developed a, a great relationship. And I, this, this racial issue is huge. And I think if you, as a, as a white pastor, can step into that world and find out what those people are really experiencing, we don't have time to get into it, it is a different world than we're experiencing. Yes. I would say amen a hundred times to what Mike just said, and I've had the identical experience. I've intentionally reached out to black pastors in my area with one objective, listen and learn. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it has helped immensely. Yeah. And I love your emphasis on listening because um, we often have this tension, I think – I don't know who said it. You mentioned Augustine. I learned a long time ago, if, it's, if you don't know who said it, just say C.S. Lewis said it. So, you know, <laughs> I don't think C.S. Lewis said this, but sometimes we listen with the intent to respond, not yes. for the intent yes. to learn. Yes. Right? Indeed. And, and in Indeed. conversations like this, 
If, if we walk into it with an intent to respond, we automatically go against the very unity of Jesus Christ that we're trying to accomplish. Yes. So what does it look like yeah. to sit down and, and to learn? And so practically, as you've had these experiences, Mike, Steve, as you've had these experiences practically, what are some, you think, uh, some initiatives within the expression of the church as a whole at in the DMV, the Washington metro area, or maybe that you've done out of Cherrydale or your Band of Brothers gathering or uh, Mike that you've done? I know I've had some interaction there with you and uh, some people there uh, at your church. Uh, Fred Lehmanson comes to mind uh, specifically that um, we can have as churches across this area to really cultivate and activate this idea of unity, especially across uh, some challenging racial divides? Well, we've had, we've had two, or I think we've had three meetings now. I think we've had one a year where we've gathered a number of black pastors and, and white pastors to sit at tables, and where we've had Fred and, and, and his good friend from Indiana, black pastor, come and speak on how they didn't like each other for a long time. And now they go on vacation every year. They've been doing that for 18 wow. or 20 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that really spoke to our people. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to take the initiative. You've got to step out and actually make this happen. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to yes, just happen. You've yes. got to be proactive in doing it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's intentionality. And one brief example, every year our band of brothers have a joint Good Friday service. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had an aha yeah. moment. Yeah, wow. because I'd been studying a book with our elders on racial reconciliation. I had always picked a white guy to be the key speaker, and the international guys got to read scripture. This year, I flipped it, mm. and the white guys were thrilled, and so were the other guys, and it changed the entire atmosphere. Mm. And that's just one example of opening my eyes through listening. Yeah, because we sometimes have known bias but then we also have if you think of the old you know sociology of Harry's window the unknown unknowns right uh, and unless we get around people who are different with the same purpose of accomplishing the unity of Jesus Christ across the body here in DMV those unknowns unknowns are going to stay that way uh, having people uh, do that one of the things we do uh, good news for the city is we love to kind of end the show uh, in our time together and so like if you have like 30 seconds, and I know it's hard to give a quick story, in, even a quick story, in 30 seconds about unity. just want to ping each one of you. Give us a quick one about uh, something to encourage our faith about how unity is happening, even if it's a struggle to make it happen. One of our elders is a black brother who joined mm-hmm. our church. His black church actually held a service to commission him to join us. Oh, wow. He has been a gift and he just took my place on the board of pioneers. Yeah. I've learned volumes from him. That's amazing. Mike? Yeah, uh, I think that one of the things that we've seen is, and it isn't even just the, uh, the African-American, we have a very large contingent of Indians, mm-hmm. huge. And we want to hope at some, uh, host at some time a, a dinner where they're going to bring in their hot, spicy food and we can get them <laughs> to get to know. They, they tend to cluster around each other after the services because they don't really know. But our people are recognizing this. It's a, it's a large, large group. And it's just these things are beginning to spread within our body, and people are beginning to connect with the fact that there are people different than I am, think differently than I do, and I want to learn from them. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how much we can learn, though, just from oh, that, just what you yeah. guys just said, yeah. just the, the gifts that different yeah. folk are from us Amen. and how much they broaden our horizons. Okay. Yeah. And I love the fact that you ended that, Mike, that I want to learn from them. You know, I look, I look around this room, and 
between all of us, if I, if I do the math right, we've got about 150 years of ministry experience in this room. Uh, I, I carry less of the 150 than the rest of you three guys. But nonetheless, we put it all together. And if you say for the 150 years, we could have a sense of hubris that we've arrived and don't have to learn anything. But if mm-hmm. anything is taught, I think all of us over this last 150 years, there's always more to learn about Jesus. And Amen. there's always more to learn Amen. about each other. Amen. And uh, to grow in this sense of unity, we have to be people who sit down, have conversations, and not just respond but to actually learn and to change. And when that happens in the John chapter 17 unit, the gospel that we talk about, the good news for the city that this show is all about, the hope that we talk about through One Heart DC, the hope that we talk at WAVA, the hope of Jesus actually goes from a thought to a reality. Amen. 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 Gosh, Brian, we say it every time, don't we, brother? We do. There's just never enough time, and especially with two... Sweet, amazing brothers like y'all. I mean, it's fastest twenty five minutes. Oh my radio. gosh! Oh my gosh! Really? Really? It t- really? It's like your little thirteen year old girl. Really? She's thirteen. Yeah. Really? This is twenty five minutes. I mean, it just doesn't seem like that because you guys. I could sit at your feet all day, seriously, because you're Jesus men, and I learn more about Him by watching you. So God bless you. I love you guys. I thank you, folks. If you want to hear this again, and I would, by the way, yeah. um, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. Listen to it on our podcast. Hey, you can go to wava.com, put in the keyword good news, listen to a podcast there. You can call me, Dennis, here at the station, 703-807-2266. Hey, guys, remember, uh, thank you again. God bless you again. Y'all out there in radio land, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. The gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.